We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast coming Friday afternoon. It's October 20th, and we are sponsored by the Genesis Company. Kyle, I'm excited for this episode. I've got it's Friday. I've got Kyle Tige here with me. Uh, we are going to do a season long stat projections episode. That's a really long way of saying this is our way of doing like win total over unders. I'm seeing Kyle like on all the other national podcasts and stuff. They're just ripping through. The win total over-unders are the Warriors going to win more or less than 47 and a half games or the Bulls 38 or whatever the numbers are. You know, we're a local, we're a team-specific podcast. So I tried to find a way to be able to do something similar to that that's Wolves-specific. And on Price Picks, they have season-long stat predictions, points per game, rebounds per game, all these different things. Um specific to an individual player. And I thought that'd be a cool way for us to, we've talked so much about like, oh, what we see of Ant for a leap this year. What is Rudy going to look like this season in the new context, yada, yada, yada. Um, But we don't often do this, right? Like how many points per game do you think so-and-so is going to score this, this year? And I mean, this is all really just another way of being able to talk about Ant or talk about Carl, whatever. Um, But I think it's in a new way, and uh, I think it's a fun way to start actually thinking about some specific numbers. So we'll get into that. But first, hi, how are you? I was gonna say, happy Friday. <laughs> I thought you, I thought this, in, you were inspired to do this as much as you know I love prize picks. But uh, I had a day yesterday at work, so I just as soon as I was done, I just started drinking like wine. So by the time Luca Garza made his appearance, really, I mean, Luke. By the way, I know we'll get into the game later, but. Yes, if, sorry, uh, I should have said that. We, you know, it was, it was a preseason game, and I think we'll naturally kind of talk about that as as we're going through some of this stuff. But at the end of the episode, we'll probably hit on that more specifically. Yes, Ant had a dunk, and no, that lob was awesome. Have, all those sort of things. We, we, of, we'll hit on that. A lot of thoughts, but I think it was uh, mid third quarter when Luca Garza uh, was just cooking the Bulls starters. <laughs> Yeah. That I uh, just I sent you late screenshot, but I uh, just made my official prediction. So I'm just going to get it out of the way now. But uh, yeah, I think I sent you the photo of the $300 I threw on the over 44 and a half wins. There you uh, go. Damn, this team is super super deep, uh, and they got as we'll also maybe get into. They got so many guys they got to start cutting guys. 
Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, th- I think this is a cool way to do it. I mean, we've kind of talked ad nauseum, as has everyone, about, you know, overs and unders for win totals. I don't think if you're listening into this pod, you're necessarily give a damn about what we think about the Hornets. I think they're a dumpster fire, but I don't think we need to talk about them. So yeah, there's there's a price picks continues to kind of debut and unload like new ways to kind of do things. And they have season long stuff now too. They did it for football. So these season long stats. Um, yes, no. Ant has Ant has a couple cool ones. Kyle Anderson might have the best uh, that yeah, we'll yeah. get into. <laughs> but uh, so no, I, I just I wanted to kind of make that plea and thank you for putting up with my late text. But uh, I have some thoughts. Well, give it. Give us your give us your win total. Britt and I both said forty seven and five seed yesterday. Yeah, that's cool. I'll do that. I mean, again, legally speaking, uh, my bookie only cares that it's over forty four and a yeah. half. So forty five wins. And North, I'm I'm very happy about, but I don't know. And you know, if you look around too, right? Like so many teams are in that 44 ish win thing. But yeah. I've watched enough now other teams where you know I don't know. Maybe the Mavericks will be better than we thought, uh, or maybe the Kings will stay healthy. But there's been some teams that I think are off to a slower start. Again, it's just preseason. Mm-hmm. But and we'll get into this again with the when we talk about the Bulls game. But the the Wolves have handled media day and training camp and this preseason to a level where it's almost like they're not having fun. And I mean that like in the best way possible, like they really are just like hard hat lunch pail show up. Like we got We're working today. Uh, and I, I don't see that with some of the other teams. So I just think they're going to come out of the gates. Even if they lose the first game of the Raptors, I think they're just going to string together early wins in October, November, and then their depth will win games in <clears throat> January, February. So, yeah, I'm well over, I'm going to say, like, 48, and then whatever 82 minus 48 is. Uh, 48 wins is my prediction on the okay. record. I like it. I like it. Um, let's get uh, let's get right into these st- season-long stat predictions uh, with Price Picks. Again, Price Picks is uh, a, a sponsor of the show, and uh, you can sign up for Price Picks using the promo code DANE. They'll give you a $100 sign-up bonus if this... Seems like something uh, fun that you would like to track over the course of the year. Get in there. If not, hopefully this is just a fun way to talk about um, some stats uh, for for Wolves-specific players. Uh, The first one, we'll start with the Anthony Edwards ones. Um, A lot of them are unsurprisingly tied to scoring. And Anthony Edwards is set at more or less than 26 points per game. Uh, Last season, he he averaged 24.6 points per game. And the real question here, Kyle, right, is how does that go up with the re-inclusion of Carl Anthony Towns? In the time that Cat was out last year in those 52 games, Ant averaged 25.6 points per game. That was 21st in the NBA in that time. And the thing that I get caught up on that makes me lean towards it being less than 26 is his usage was so high. Mm-hmm. in that time last year that drove up the scoring. He just had the ball in his hands. He had the opportunities all the time. I mean, in those 52 games, Ant had a higher usage rate than Kevin Durant, than Kyrie Irving, than Julius Randle, than Steph Curry, than Paul George. I mean, Ant had the ball all the time last season. He was the offense, and he averaged 24.6. And in that time, he averaged 25.6, close to this 26-point number. Um, I think Ant is going to be a better player than he was last season. But we have to factor in here when we're talking about a couple more points per game overall. 
that Carl's back in the mix here and he's going to be cutting into that. Maybe some other players uh, will as well. What what did, what was your initial thought when you just saw the 26 number for Ant? Initial thought right off the bat was under. Yeah. Only because, as and again, as you, maybe I thought under just because I am so in the weeds of how prize pick sets their lines and the algorithm. Again, that's probably more for my therapist than for you, but... <laughs> I just, I know they're, they're smart with these lines and that number just seemed a tad high. I also have it baked into my memory that he averaged 24.6 points last year. Um, so your, your first reaction would be like, well, he went from 19.3 to 21.3 to 24.6. Like he's going to yeah. crush this number. But then it's like the context of 52 games without Carl. Also something that I think is worth mentioning is this team if you bel- if you are as optimistic as as many or a good chunk of us, they might just win a lot of games that he's not even close. Like they might not even need him, right? Like they could the the disbursement of scoring. I mean, I don't know. I was again not to take everything away from that Bulls game, but I wonder if the starters come out or whatever and they have a lead for the first time in my life. Like maybe the bench will build that lead even higher, right? Like maybe sure. you'll see Ant not close out of force. So. Even if he were to take another leap, right, like to 25.8, that's incredible, but it's not over 26 uh, as a financial analyst. I know that. So uh, I'm leaning towards the under just because I think he could do everything you want, become a better defender, make you know more assists, more playmaking, take better shots, more efficient shots, and do everything you want and still not average over 26 points. So I think it's almost like if we were doing locks, it's almost like a lock for me. I just I, I don't know I just yeah. think that's a, such a high number and then it's also funny too as you show on the screen that Shays is thirty point six that number is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, guess, I mean there's there's I mean it's not the the highest one these don't sort you know specifically but I think Luca was the the very highest one on here I'm trying to find that you got LeBron at twenty seven, Jokic at twenty five I mean that they have Ant at a higher number than Jokic. Um, it, it, it's weird I found myself feeling pretty confident about taking under 26 uh, for Ant, but then they have two more for him related to scoring, mm-hmm. which is 30 plus point games and 50 plus point games. And uh, the, the number on the 30 plus point games is 20, uh, 20 and a half for him. And last season, Ant had 24, 30 plus point games. But I looked into it. He also had, 31 29 plus point games and while i don't think ant is going to consistently be in every game you know 26 i I don't think that's what his average is going to be i do think he really lives right in that like 22 to 30 like 32 range for almost every game i feel pretty confident about more than 20 and a half 30 plus point games for him Again, last season, he had 24 of those and 79 games played. Uh, I, I, the factor here would be would be missing time, but I don't think Ant's at the age yet where we're really baking in an expectation of missing more than, you know, four or five games. So I feel pretty confident about more than, than 20 and a half there. Do you disagree at all? No, I. that was also how I felt. I was like, I would hammer that. I also, again, had it memorized to a T that he had 24 of those puppies last year. So I just think you even saw it. I'm just going to keep doing this. You even saw it against the Bulls last night where once he gets going, he yeah. might just get 12 in a row. 
right? So he's just going to have those nights. But I wonder, again, you can be bullish on every single aspect of this 22-year-old kid's life that it's going to take a step forward and maybe make All-NBA and all that stuff. But he might just have nights where he only has to score 16. Like, mm-hmm. And that would be probably Finch's wet dream of, like, it just got, you know, evened out throughout the 9, 10-man rotation. Carl had a big night. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I see – I have nothing else to add of value. I think he's going to score – 30 points a lot. Now, I'm sure if someone's running the numbers here, they're like, wait, he's going to have at least 21 30-point games, but you guys don't think he's going to average 26? Uh, I think those things can be mutually exclusive. Okay, cool. So, do do I you not? I, I don't know. Maybe I, I am just early for me I did, Yeah, I did uh, super crunch on that. But uh, I, I just, the, the reason I would argue for it is I just think Ant lives in that range, mm-hmm. like which is kind of related to this 50-plus point thing. Like, I don't know. Where, where were you at on that? He only had over 40 in a game once last year, and it was 44. I I feel like, I mean, I could go either way on it, right? It's just one night. All he has to do is score 50 one night in one of the 82 games for that to, to hit over. But I, I say that to mean I think Ant is going to live in this, like, 30-point range a lot more than he'll be really volatile with a kind of like we think of like the typical explosive score where there's a couple of bursts and there's a couple of stinkers I feel like he's going to kind of be more consistent in that range and I could be skewed one way or the other on this 50 plus point one like what, what do you think yeah I just I, there was a game I was looking up at the last year's just his stats but like, there's a game in on their west coast road trip to end March mm-hmm. where he had like 17 7 and 5 against the Kings and they won that was a Every time the Wolves play the Kings, it's awesome, right? But it was just like this idea to go back to the, the 20.5, 30-point games, whatever. It's like, I just think if this team really does figure it out, there could be more times that, hey, we just don't need you right now. Again, like, we're going to, as much as I say, like, let's save Mike Conley for a postseason run, maybe let's just keep Ant fresh and not always have to have him mm-hmm. score the 40, 50-point games. In terms of this specific one that you have on the screen, 0.5, 50-point games, just take the over. Because you're yeah. just cheering from a fan's perspective. Like, <laughs> I would just like for there to be one moment where, like, he's got 34 in the third, mm-hmm. and it's like a 10-point game, and you're just like, okay, Finchie, I know I'm big on resting these guys, but just milk it, right? Like, let's just see if he can get 50. So that's the least analytical way to, to approach that one. But as a yeah. fan, I'm just – I'm that night that he does score over 50 would be an insane night on Twitter, and that's all I want. Just give me one of those over the next six months. <laughs> um. The the other one that I guess is loosely related to scoring is made threes per game. Uh, his number is 2.9 on that. And last season, he averaged 2.7 made threes per game. In the 52 games, Cat was out. That didn't go up all that much. It was 2.8. And it was on 38% shooting in that time. Um, I'm kind of struggling to, to get to the the more than on this one. I, I, I don't think, again, this is kind of tied to the whole usage idea and how many possessions are you just going to kind of let Ant isolate Cook for a step back three. I'm taking less than 2.9 made threes per game for Ant this season. 14 players who qualified averaged over three or over made threes last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at my list, I don't see Ant on there. But, it, you know, it was Steph at the top with 4.9 and then Clay with 4.4. But, like, Damian Lillard, Buddy Heald, Tatum, Kyrie, Michael Porter Jr., Tyler Hero, mm-hmm. like, 
all those guys, Michael or Malik Beasley was two point nine uh, as well. But <laughs> I, I, that was actually the number of all the ant, all like full season predictions. Or whatever that was the number that I felt the most confident that it would be under. That's just such a big number. It's a big number. To, yeah. I mean, I mean again, look like at Trey Young right above him here, two point four. To average three made threes a game is just. I mean, you're just gonna have the to same number as Luca. Lucas 2.9 made threes per game. This is a high number, man. It's high. I would like to have you pay me next time by just putting it on the under of LaMelo Ball at four because now you're <laughs> saying he's – that's an incredible number, too. I think there's only four guys who did it last year, but uh, yeah. he was actually at four last year. So to bring it back to Ant, I just think, again, that's a high number. That None of this is, like, less or less optimistic on the kid. It's just some of those numbers are really high. He could average 25.6 points a game and – you know, maybe six assists and mm-hmm. grab five boards and have an all NBA type year for a 48 win team and not hit some of those numbers. So I'm over on the 50 point game uh, just cause I'm thirsty. I'm over on a bunch of 30 point games cause he is one of the best volume scorers in the league, but under on the threes and um, because he attacks the basket more too, right? Like that's the hope I would rather that number be 2.7 and he averages 12 free throws a game. I forgot there is one more on here for Ant, and I feel pretty confident about this one. It is seven and a half technical fouls. Oh, I didn't see this. Oh, yes. Let's go. I, I, Rudy's number, is spoiler alert for later, is also uh, seven and a half on that. And I think I'm going to take Rudy to have less than seven and a half technicals. I think Ant is going to have more than seven and a half technical fouls this year. I mean, and, and part of that, I think, is based in like some basketball logic where think we know that he's going a point of emphasis obviously this season is to get to the line more for him that's just he hasn't done that at the rate that you would expect throughout his career that's again uh, a point of emphasis for him and I think quite frankly for him to have the type of numbers that are going to be like efficiency numbers for him to make all NBA I think that's kind of a necessary thing I think that's in Ant's mind and I would understand if for a few games, you know, you're not getting that whistle that for a 22 year old, um, he might, you know, he might boil over a handful of times. And I'm saying more than seven and a half. Wasn't it like 14 or 15 he had last year? Yeah, I was I was trying to look this up on the side. Um, Draymond Green led the league last year with 21 technicals. Uh, Anthony Edwards had 15. He was fifth yeah. behind Draymond Green, Dylan Brooks, Trey Young and Luka Doncic. So. So he could have seven fewer, and it'd still right. be more than seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, since you kind of said it already, a spoiler alert. Yeah, Rudy Gobert. I'm trying to see how many he's had each season, but he did have seven last year. Mm-hmm. I almost wanted to go over on seven and a half for him because hmm. I just don't think he's liked. Just like from a, I don't know, you get a pulse of NBA Twitter, and like I wonder if that leaks into everything else. But that's just such a high number that's like I don't think Rudy. If Rudy's more comfortable, I know he might have lost one of his best friends today, but uh, off the team, I should say. But uh, I, I just don't think he's going to be getting that many technicals or is maybe as loud and obnoxious mm-hmm. as he was last year. So Ant over. I mean, if if Ant, if I just told you one thing, I said, "Hey, man, it's April fifteenth." Ant had under seven and a half technical fouls. You'd be like, "Holy shit, they won fifty two games!" Like because <laughs> I would imagine that things went pretty well and he didn't have to yell "Hey" a bunch. So that. That's a good one. If you're doing one lock, it might be over seven and a half technicals. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I, I, I like that one. I think I think the ant was... We'll, we'll, go, we'll go recap these uh, at the end, but um, let's... Uh, Let's move over to to Carl Anthony Towns here. He only has two up there. Um, the first one, I'll put it on the screen, is 22 points per game. And uh, I'm taking that. I think Carl is going to average more than 22 points per game this season. Uh, the last four years prior to last season, he averaged 24.6, 24.8, 26.5. 24.4 and in the injured season last year he had uh 20.8 i mean only needing to be 1.2 higher than that seems you know just pretty much like a a confident lock to me i think maybe nationally or in these these people are setting these lines view this team is going to be ant 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 and I just do not believe it is. Uh, I think Carl is a major emphasis for this team offensively. I think they're shaping a style of play that that is put in place to benefit him, so he can fly in tandem with Ant. Like I don't know, I, I'm I'm taking over 22 points a game for Carl. Kind of putting you on the spot here, but yeah. if you were an odds maker. What do you think the odds would be? Because I looked this up once and I really couldn't find it. What do you think the odds would be that Carl finishes the season averaging more points per game than Ant? Uh, 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 again, it's going to be it's pretty low. high. Well, I was going to say, like, the what do you mean by low? Like, I think it's going to be oh, high odds, right? You know what I mean? The like, money line, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, five to one odds? No, more than that. Okay. Well, I, because, I, like, I think Ant is going to average more points per game. Than, as than as do Paul. I. Like, I'm just saying clearly. when you start to kind of like if we're both under 26, yeah, that's we're true. hammering the over on 22. I'm just saying like if I could find a spot that had 15 to one odds that Ant might just have so many double teams all year and might show us this new playmaking ability and average six assists or whatever that like I would take it if it was like 12 to one on Carl to lead the team in scoring. I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I say all of that to simply say like 
dude, he is going to have some big nights. I know there's a 30 point bet here as well, but well, that I think this ties in like to, to what you're saying. I think Carl is a in that range guy. I mean, we've watched him enough consistently. He, he is very like a very rarely a single digit scoring guy. Like he is mm-hmm. right around that. Like mm-hmm. 20 feels like close to a floor for him all the time. And obviously there's going to be some of those games where he pops off and, you know, he makes six, seven threes or something. And, Boom, you got 60 points against San Antonio or the 54 or whatever he had against Atlanta. Like, Carl, I've seen that that upside from him. Plus, I feel, like, pretty confident in a floor. Uh, I, I looked it up today. Um, Carl's played in 511 games in his career. How many of those games do you think he scored 30-plus points in? Say that number one more time. 511 total games in his career. How many of those games did he have 30 or more points in? 225. 96. Oh, my God. Okay. But okay. but get this. Get this. Okay. Whoa. So so 96 is 18.8% of 511. Look at you. And, and so if he maintains that rate about one in every five games – he scores 30 plus he would only need to play in 50 games this season to to do that more than nine and a half times that would be 10 right i just think this is baking in a real carl being at nine and a half more or less than nine and a half 30 plus point games is really baking in re-injury or like the almost the presumption of it that he's going to miss all that time and even if he misses 32 games and he scores 30 plus in 20% of them, as he has historically done throughout his career, you're still at 10. Like, I, I think this is my single favorite one of all of these. Carl to score 30 plus points in 10 or more games. 100%. I also wonder, I'm going to keep doing this until February. I'm going to make a football analogy. I wonder if Carl will be like this team's run game. Where like early on, like they establish the run. You know what I mean? Like sure. first couple plays in any given game is just a couple threes for Carl to get him cooking. Because if if Carl hits, you know, gets six points early, that entire floor is looking different from a defensive approach as from the opponent's side because now it's just spread more. Rudy's got a little more room, Ant's got a little more room. So I think if if Finch is trying to get a guy off early in any game, it might be right. Carl. And then I also just think too, there's gonna be nights where maybe you bring Ant out, have Shake in there, you know, and Nikhil Carl is maybe the only starter with a certain rotation. And it's just like, hey, he had 16 points in that quarter, right? Which mm-hmm. it probably means he's going to get north of 30 again. So, yeah, I think the Carl numbers are, I mean, and again, I said about prize picks setting their lines or these books in general. They're, the, the people that make money off this find the value. Carl Towns is the value. Those two numbers to me are really low. I think I given agree. the right odds, I could see Carl leading this team in scoring. Obviously, Ant would be the heavy favorite. And I also just think to that man, if he if he really did find his passion and love again for for basketball playing for the Dominican Republic, and then also just he didn't lose a bunch of weight in September like he did last year. He doesn't have any injuries he's bringing to the table. I know he had a weird knee thing last night, but that seemed more precautionary than anything. So yeah, I would hammer both overs. And I think if you're looking for one to pick, it's the over nine and a half, 30 point games. Agreed. Um, those are the only two up there. For Carl Anthony Towns, there's also two 
for Rudy Gobert. Um, the first one is more or less than 11.6 rebounds per game this season. Um, that's exactly what Rudy's rebounding average was last year, was 11.6. And so you know, I'm thinking about it again from, from their perspective. Like, I think they're both banking in a little bit of like, Rudy getting better this year, more well acclimated, while also maybe Carl being back, kind of cutting into some rebounding numbers because, you know, Carl is has historically been a very strong rebounder. What I think this number is missing or underestimating is I think Rudy's comfort is significantly greater than it was a season ago, which I think particularly defensively when he's com more comfortable, he has more trust, he's going to be more precise and on point, and that's going to lead to more rebounds. And I think I just don't think Carl is going to be a rebounding monster on this team because he's playing a different position. Like you can't you can't pencil Carl back in for his 12 rebounds a game he averaged when he was playing center. Like I, I don't think he's gonna be in in position to do that. So I like Rudy to average more rebounds per game this season, more than eleven point six, uh, than he did last year. And in the four previous years before he got to Minnesota, he crushed that number. 14.7 the year right before, 13.5 before that, 13.5 before that, and 12.9 before that. Rudy has historically been a, you know, lock it in for 12 plus rebounds uh, per game over the course of the season. Uh, maybe I, I think a lot of you guys subscribe to the Rudy is physically deteriorating more than I do. Um, I, I just, I don't see it to the degree that I see or hear other people talking about it. I think he is still plenty physically capable of putting up uh, numbers, counting numbers that are in line with the Utah numbers. And this number is significantly lower uh, than his Utah number was. Hi, it's me. Those other people you were talking about just now. Uh, <laughs> also, 11.6 is his career average, not just exactly what he averaged last year, but his career average for rebounds. Uh, everything you said makes sense. Great, great sales pitch. I'm under. I just think... Yeah, all right. We have a disagreement. I, I just think if you... Mike Conley has already shown in his brief time here that he's a pretty good rebounding point guard. I've seen Ant, again, I know it's preseason, but attack the glass a little more just sure. because he knows if I get the ball now, I can probably keep the ball <laughs> the whole mm -hmm. possession. Uh, let's... I don't think Jane McDaniels will sign a contract extension within the next couple of days but i think the idea of him becoming really rich down the road is just going to put a little more pressure on him to just kind of get his numbers up we've talked about how he's not going to take a massive leap in any one statistical mm -hmm. category but even if he gets a couple more boards nas reed i like troy brown jr getting in the mix um i just think more people are going to help rudy and then i also wonder too if we're slightly overestimating how much Rudy plays. I mean, he played 70 games last year. I don't mean that. But I just, like that take. Like maybe there's, you know, just I I, I think he's going to be out there. If Rudy Gobert goes under 11.6 rebounds per game, this team could still be and might, that might be, they could be really good. You know what I mean? Like they don't necessarily uh, need. I disagree, I think. Why? I, I think that's, I think he's the foundation of the defense. And for this team to be really good, they need to be, I, I think, a, a, a top 10 defense again this season. And if if you're, 
I don't know if you're baking in regression from Rudy. I just, and I know this is just one specific stat. I don't, I know you're not necessarily baking in a ton of overall regression. I, I just, I, I don't think this team can be quote really good, whatever that, however we define that without Rudy being really good. If Rudy averages less than 11 rebounds per game this season, I think that's representative of a, the team as a whole, not playing defense to, to the level that I think they need to, to be, uh, a really good team, but I'm happy to disagree on this one. You want to put a steak dinner on it? Yeah. All right. Lock do you, in. do you, this isn't on there. He averaged 30.7 minutes per game last year and played mm-hmm. 70 games. Do you think he will average more or less minutes per game than 30.7? It's funny. Whenever I see that, I remember like, didn't he get a leave or get ejected from like two or three games, like in the first quarter? Well, people keep telling me that he punched a teammate, but I don't believe that. So I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, 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 I'll say more, not not as confidently as the 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 eleven point six rebounds per game, but um, that one that one's a close to me. I think he's in the, I think he's over thirty. This is the worst way to look at this stuff, but they obviously he played in four games. They kind of all skipped the Israel game, right? Uh, he played in four games. They kind of trounced their opponent in all those games for the most part. Um, he played like 22 minutes a game and never had double-digit rebounds. Again, he never played a full allotment of time. Mm-hmm. But I just think he's going to play a little under that. And again, circling back to what I thought was a really well-professionally put uh, shot at your co-host here, uh, he wasn't healthy last year. Uh, and maybe that was from the Euro stuff he played in last year, but... Yeah. When I watched those first 70 games of Rudy in a different jersey, I was bummed out because it wasn't the athleticism that he showed in Utah. Now, was that just a blip? He has looked more athletic and have a little more. He's never going to jump out of the gym, right? But he's, I thought, finished some more things around the rim by dunking it instead of these weird finger rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I, I'm just I'm building this whole prize picks board and my whole mantra this season of like, I wonder if this team will just be able to spread everything out a little more. I keep pimping out how deep they are and how their third stringers could start for the expansion Vegas team. Like maybe they just don't need as much from any one guy. Sure. Lean on Carl in the run game a lot to just get you a bunch of points. And then they can just sit Rudy in a lot of situations and keep them. Cause again, like I want them to win 48 games and they need to show real improvement with this experiment in the regular season. But we have now Chris said it himself the other day on the pod. Like this is about playoffs. Right, like you got to win games to get in the playoffs, but you want your best players at the healthiest, and I just wonder if they'll monitor Rudy's minutes a little bit more to make sure that he looks like he has in the preseason. I, I think that's, I think that's a fair uh, vision. I, I, I don't push back on that much. What, what the one thing, and I could totally be wrong about this, but to the Rudy looking athletic or ex- more explosive, I think that comes when his teammates empower him more like or find him in his spots i think i think if you find better lob combinations for rudy which he had terrible who was good at it who played a lot last year it was it's carl and mike they both played like 24 games with rudy i i think the more often you put him in line with players who understand how to make obviously kyle anderson was very good at that with him throughout the course of the season i should mention that but the more often his the better his teammates understand him, I think the not only the 
more effective Rudy is, but I think the more explosive he looks. That's my thought on it. I can't prove that. And I again, I could be wrong on it, but I would bet no, it's fair. Rudy Gobert looks more explosive this season. I think, I don't know. If it, if it, if it's if for two months in, come on here and be like, okay, that was right. And, and I'll cop to it if not, if we'd see yep. him. And it's what you guys are saying that you're not seeing the explosion. You're annoyed by the finger rolls. I'll cop to that too. But that's my gut on the Rudy situation. Rudy Cam, technicals. Cam, Cam, if you're listening to this, write this one down because I'm bringing this back up. Because I, I will say in your defense, I golf better when my other three golf friends are supporting me and putting me in situations. So I get it if you want to put some of this on Rudy's trust factor or comfortability with his teammates. I just, I keep coming back to last year so many times where they're like, he has the ball right around the rim mm -hmm. and instead of just elevating to dunk it, it was like these weird finger rolly things, you know, and yep. that to me, hate those. that to me showed a lack of explosiveness, but also I'm, I had it burned in my brain seeing like, you know, that, that's, a, that's a lack of game. That's what I call it. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Okay. Like those, those are, those are, I think those are different things. Okay. And I think last season he was put in a place. He was, th this is pretty undeniable, right? He was put in a position to play with more game last year, right? Unlocking yeah. Rudy, like, let's see that Euro from eight feet. Like, show me your post-up moves. Like, no, he doesn't have that game. He doesn't. Mm -hmm. that, you know, that I don't, I think that can be true and he can still be close to as explosive as he was two years ago in Utah. I don't, you do so many pods now as a fan. We're all just like, thanks, Dane. Like, so many pods. But someone, whether Jace, I think it was Jace, said it this week better than I could ever say it. And if you say this outside of Minnesota, you're going to get ridiculed because you paid 1.5x for Rudy Gobert or whatever. But if he can just, and this is why I said under on the rebounds, if he can just be a glorified role player and we get away from some of those Rudy Elijahwan things that we saw October, November last year, that's just another like feather in my hat of optimism of just, mm -hmm. if that man is going to complain less or have weirder, like not such weird body language when he doesn't, get the ball or whatever i think it all sums up into be a really good season so uh under techs uh and yeah. under rebounds okay That's me. i i will i will also go less than seven and a half technical fouls from rudy i don't have a any sort of special analysis to, to that more than i think this team is globally going to be more mature not a high bar to exceed um, and I think Rudy, as one of the more veteran players, can and should be that. I don't see any reason why Rudy should be getting close to double-digit techs. That's, uh, that, that, that seems unnecessary. And for all the things we want to, and, and I think sometimes reasonably do knock on Rudy for, uh, I, I, I think you would agree with this. His desire to win is... I don't I don't get the sense that it's about him. I think it is about winning and I think he makes that decision more often than not and technical fouls are a super micro uh example of that. And also too, I mean no one's at practice more than you, but being around at practice a couple times right around media day and stuff, I do get the vibe that he and I and I get this. I'm someone who's 5 months into my new job and I'm all over the place. I do get the sense that he's just more comfortable and yep. that he's more comfortable with his teammates. And equally as important, his teammates are more comfortable with him. So if he's just more comfortable and he's not as edgy and throwing punches or verbally saying things, uh, I think the under text is, is a big one. But let's just get to the most fun one on the board to close it out. This is the most fun one. It is Kyle Anderson makes the triple doubles list. Does Kyle Anderson have a triple double this season? More or less than 0.5 triple doubles. 
uh, for Kyle Anderson. I had to look this up and remember that Kyle Anderson had three yes, triple sir. doubles last season. Three. And he had uh, one previously uh, in his, his first year in Memphis. So he's had four triple doubles uh, in his in his career in total. Uh, but I, I thought this was surprising. Only 24 total double doubles for uh, for Kyle Anderson in his career. Four of those were triple doubles. Like, you got to kind of be a consistent double-double threat, I think, to, you know, to have the chance at being a, a triple-double guy. Could I see it, you know, if there's 12 games or something where Kyle Anderson's in the starting lineup because Carl's missing time or whatever it might be? Uh, could it happen? Sure. It's kind of like the Ant 50-plus point one. It's like, we could be right or wrong. We could be wrong by taking the under if just one game it pops off, but that's that's the only question there. I I was like leaning kind of more than, but then when I saw he's only had twenty four double doubles in nine seasons, I was like, eh, if I had to, if I actually had to like bet a lot of my own money on this, I think I would go less than a triple double. I'm sure you're the other side of that. Oh, this is just again like these are yeah, yeah. these are the most Super Bowl coin flip prop bets of all time where you're just like, what do I even want? Um, I also saw that too when I was looking up game logs. It's like he had three last year. Um, Some pretty crazy games too, right? Like I think it was in the double overtime loss against the Bulls. Was that the game that Ant got hurt? Um, Had one against Atlanta earlier in March where they blew out Atlanta, but I can't remember if that, I don't think that was the game that Ant got tossed. But yeah, I just, I'm taking the over. Uh, I I was just curious in general because we, we love Kyle... And his game so much. What is the hardest part? I mean, I know, generally speaking, but for Kyle, what do you think the hardest thing to do for that triple double would be? Like points, rebounds, assists. Which which would be the most difficult one? They're like, oh man, he was so close. Yeah, well, you got to kind of factor in playing the three now, right? Which would that was lead me yeah. more to say rebounds might be harder, but it's just tough to get ten assists in a game. I wouldn't. I should have looked that up. Like how many times in his career he's had. 10 assists versus how many times in his career he's had, I got to imagine rebounds is higher. Well, he uh, did for him in, on that. And again, Kyle Anderson is a mixed bag just because every data point from last year is going to change this year with Carl back in the fold, mm-hmm. but he did average a career high by a mile, 4.9 assists last year. Uh, his next highest was back in 2020 when he had 3.6. I just, again, when you start to really become a degenerate and you start to figure out some of these things, you start to piece together your little single game parlay of how you think it's going to play out. <laughs> And I just think Kyle, I've said before that I think his role will be diminished, but I also think there'll be games where they're just beating the hell out of a team. Mm-hmm. And maybe he is just solely running a second unit that might have a starter in there. It's him at the point. I've been pretty open that Mike should, Mike Conley should only play 60 games. Yeah. To keep him fresh. We we don't really have any sort of idea yet, right? Who's going to be the fill-in point guard in those 22 mm-hmm. games that Mike could miss. So, um, yeah, I just think, and Finch still loves him, right? Like, Kyle Anderson, to back to my running game thing, if they have a lead, Finch might trust Kyle sure. more than anyone on the team to just keep that lead going, to keep the mm-hmm. offense looking like what Finch wants the offense to do, and Kyle will be running a lot of that, and he'll get his points on weird little slow-motion moves, but uh, I'm over, 0.5. That is like the most fun yeah. bet of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's just choose our four favorite. Um, do we want to say that Carl for... Uh, Carl for more than nine and a half, 30 plus point games. Like if we were trying to make yep. the yep. 
a set of four picks right here. We'll take the Carl more than nine and a half, 30 plus point games. Should we put the Ant less than 26 points per game? That or Tex? Oh, yeah, his, his moron more than Tex. Uh, what about the Carl 22 points per game? Yep, I like that one. Okay. Ant 2.9 made threes per game. I don't know. I would I would probably either do like Rudy under Tex again or if you did Ant, yeah, or I just don't I don't love that Rudy one. Or oh, the, the, the 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 Ant one, I mean. I don't yeah, I don't love going fair. over 3. So Well, you don't Well, I'm taking the under on Yeah, I just I, it makes me nervous. Stay away from it. Okay. So are you doing both of the tech ones? Yeah. It has more than seven and a half. Rudy has less than seven and a half. Um, Do you know how fun that'll be to cheer for? Uh, like well, in a heated <laughs> moment, you're like, list, you're watching at home and you're screaming uh, at your TV like, and step in front of Rudy, step in front of Rudy. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, are we are we doing the ant one for 26 points per game? Okay, I'm down. Go, go less because I've made a pretty good argument for that. Okay, so that is five of those. Ten to one. Ten to one on that. Um, yeah. All right. That's what we're tracking. We got Carl more than nine and a half, 30 plus point games. Anthony Edwards, less than 26 points per game. Carl Anthony Towns, more than 22 points per game. Rudy Gobert, less than seven and a half technicals. Anthony Edwards, more than seven and a half technicals. Uh, yeah, this has been season long predictions, stat predictions, uh, with prize picks. Um, again, if you want to join prize picks and play along with us, uh, by all means, uh, do that. It's prizepicks.com or the Prize Picks app. $100 sign-up bonus using the, the promo code DANE. You know, find a fun little Wolves prize pick power play to, to make happen there. Uh, those are those are me and Kyle's five favorite picks there. Uh, all right, Kyle, let's, uh, let's grab a quick break here, and then uh, we'll get into some game recap there. I'm excited to announce, though, for this uh, break that we are giving away uh, two tickets for the November 1st game against the Denver Nuggets. This is sponsored by the Genesis Company, our uh, presenting sponsor. And they have two tickets for us to give away in uh, section 110, uh, row S, seats 11 and 12. It's kind of like the middle of the the middle of the floor uh, and the lower level middle of the floor, kind of half court area there. Awesome seats. Um, and we are giving these away to a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash DaneMoreMBA. If you already are a Patreon subscriber, you uh, just let us know when we announce these ticket gives giveaways, specifically for this one, um, that you are available to uh, attend that game on November 1st against Denver. Just send us a message in uh, Patreon that you're interested uh, in that and available. And we will, however many of those, there are, uh, we will randomly select one of those. And we're going to do this probably about like 20, 25 times uh, over the course of this season. So if you do, um, you know, maybe you can't support any of the other sponsors uh, directly because that doesn't, you know, make sense for where you live or otherwise, this is another way to uh, support the show with five bucks a month um, and uh, an opportunity to win some pretty sweet tickets. I think that Nuggets games would be awesome. That's the second, um, that's the second home game of the season again that's patreon.com slash dane more mba p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash dane more mba all this information is in the show notes of this episode whether you're watching on youtube or uh in your your podcast notes section there uh the description of the podcast and also uh patreon has a nice 
new app that you can try out there too. Again, just send us a message that you're available and interested in going to the Wolves Nuggets game on November 1st. And one lucky winner will get two seats to that game. Again, brought to you by the Genesis company. Yeah. Shout out the Genesis company. Shout out Dan Bowling. Um, it was a, this is all like too long. Didn't read, right? Like the Dane Moore NBA podcast used to just, I think be you. And now it has evolved a little bit into a media company that has lots of employees. So more than anything, like I said, we're, our goal has always been to provide a ton of content. And now we're on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and Spotify and Apple and all that stuff. But as long as we can, we don't really want to charge people any money. But people have also been like, well, we can't support local breweries because we live in Indiana mm -hmm. or whatever. So the Patreon is really just a way to invest in the show as we bring on more expenses and try to build this thing out even more and more. And then, I don't know, there's no better way to give back to fans than just putting them in seats at games, yeah. which I'm super passionate about. So uh, the more of you that can support us, that we can get to games, the better. Going to games is still like the coolest thing in the world. Uh, like watching that Anthony Edwards dunk last night in person must have been orgasmic. So yeah, if you, we'll put it in the show notes, but if you can support the pod any way you can, Patreon or you know supporting the sponsors or just you know subscribing, subscribing to the pod on YouTube and stuff, mm -hmm. whatever way you can do it. Um, this is more about us trying to give back to you than yep. anything else. So thank you again to Dan, to the Genesis Company, and more than anyone, uh, you the listener. Absolutely, absolutely. Patreon.com slash Dan Moore MBA. Uh, sign up for some free tickets. Uh, all right, basketball. Guys, let's yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, I the, the first part was basketball. We we talked all about. I know. But I have some thoughts. <laughs> you have some thoughts on the game last night. Obviously, the ant dunk and the ant lob to Rudy, I think, really stand out if you just watch the highlights or you went on Twitter or whatever. Um, what's it up to you? Well, let's talk about the actual meat and potatoes of the game first, and that was the first half, right, with Ant and Rudy. Um, there was, again, what I deem to be just a, a Finchian level of professionalism, maturity, and ball movement, uh, that ant dunk. Um, there's a ton of cool... Uh, angles of it. Uh, my guy Wolves Hotbox Scores was at the game and had a cell phone video of it that was a really cool angle and you see Shake attack, or attack the baseline yeah. and then kick it out. Um, but that was, again, like a highlight moment based on unselfishness, right? Of moving the ball around, finding the open player. So, obviously, Ant looked... I mean, I, I had in my notes, Anthony Edwards is incredible. So, I don't know if you want to break that one down. But, uh, but then also, too, just like other lesser guys. Nas Reed continues to just 14 and eight limited time rebound the ball like crazy just a good player yep like I mean, it's just imagine like, doing this not even a thing anymore yeah. imagine doing this pot on october 20th and we're just like saying all this other stuff that we would be saying but we're like did you see nas on the spurs last night like i'd be so sad <laughs> so um yeah i mean nas looked really good one of the guys that just stood out and he he did play in that israel game a little bit but like troy brown jr i owe you an yeah. apology i was not familiar with your game uh, I also was not familiar. I texted you last night. He's only 24. I have a couple Lakers friends in my life that were, I mean, the, the Lakers look really good and have really upgraded that roster, but they were bummed to see him go. I think they thought he was like a kind of supplemental foundation piece, if you will. Um, I don't know what his role is on this team, but again, he's just younger than I thought. He's not 27 or 28. So like recently 24. Yeah, and he, he just keeps hitting shots. So he is a guy that has impressed me these last couple games that I had like glued to the bench. I mean, I've been pretty adamant that it's a nine man rotation and Troy's 10. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I'll throw it back to you. I mean, Rudy did what he was supposed to do. Um, the ant lob 
was probably actually more of a highlight. We've seen him dunk before, right? But he threw what looked like a slingshot over his right shoulder that was perfectly like timed and the perfect arc and stuff. I know Britt was a little less <laughs> emphatic about the chances of that ever happening again, but it did at least show you like, hey, he's looking for Rudy. Well, I also... That's at least something they practiced, right? Like th right. that's what I'm saying. I'm like, they've ran that before. You have, know, they've done that before. Have you noticed, because they run all these high pick and rolls, I had two questions for you, the basketball savant. Do you start to pick up on the screen? Assist? Like, do you see everyone's worried about Ant not having enough space because of Rudy? But when they bring Rudy up to set high picks, do you get the sense that, because Rudy is so big, that Ant is starting to find out ways to go around that pick more and carve out more room? Mm -hmm. And then two, maybe it was just last night, but I feel like Ant has thrown more cross-court passes to the left corner Love than it. I've ever seen. And that's another thing. It's like, oh, they're definitely telling him to do that. Like, that's definitely mm -hmm. something they're working on in practices. Like, that everyone's looking at you. The attention's drawing towards you on the right, you know, elbow, whatever. And he's just kicking it to the left corner. And it's usually Shake or Nikhil or someone. But maybe that's Carl when this is all healthy. Yeah. No, I, I think the – I remember just, you know, back in 2020 watching a lot of Ant um, before the, the draft stuff, right? Before the Wolves even had, you know, just – COVID and watching a bunch of these games and uh, or just watching film of, of the 2020 draft class. And I remember watching Ant, who, you know, I'd, I hadn't really watched at all. I'd just, you know, read about, seen some highlights. I remember actually watching some of those games. I'm like, and this is him at Georgia. I was like, this guy is a, this is a playmaker, you know, like gets in the middle of the lane, uh, has the ability to pass with both his right and his left hand. He had that at Georgia. Like this is, that is an under appreciated part of ants game is his ability to make passes to the corner on the move um i thought that really started picking up at the end of last season uh actually executing that in mm -hmm. games i think we've seen it in these in these preseason games and that should be a major weapon like Nikhil alexander walker whoever's in the corner but i think it's gonna be Nikhil a lot he's gonna shoot so many threes he's just gonna get so many open corner three-point looks when anthony edwards is is on the floor. I think that's just like a fact. And then to the the Rudy element, the high pick and roll with Ant and Rudy, I think what we're feeling or you're describing there a little bit more is actually effective spacing around the action. Okay. Like, I think yeah, that's what's me. creating. I think, you know, at, at how many times last year when Rudy and Ant ran a high pick and roll, was that surrounded by three players you felt confident in shooting a three? You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. it just it limited. They were a limited shooting team last season. They often didn't put all three of those players all on the perimeter around them. I think you're just feeling or will if this team makes threes, you know, if Nikhil Alexander Walker can make a bunch of those or whoever else is out there, be a threat above the breaker in the corner. You're going to feel more space. And it's kind of like one of those really things, man. I'm telling you, like, the better everything else works, the more you appreciate the little things that Rudy is doing. Because I, you know, I don't think anybody would argue that Rudy's an elite screen setter and in the space he does set when he connects with the screen there, um, not to mention like the rolling gravity. But when you don't have a shooter in the corner, you know, that low man is going to come in and muck up that Rudy and Ant pick and roll. 
And if it's Nikhil and he's making 38% of his corner threes, that guy's not going to leave, you know, or not as often. You're just going to feel better spacing. So, I mean, I don't know specifically what play you're referencing, but just like broadly, I would say if you're feeling that, I think that's because this team is much more intentional about spacing and has better shooters this season. Yeah, and I don't, I don't even have a specific play. I think it just stood out because there were so many times it felt like in the moment and maybe just something mm-hmm. for us all to put a pin on or pin in uh, moving forward. But I also thought, too, like on some of those high screen rolls with Ant and Rudy, like most of the defense still, to Rudy's credit, kind of like, you know, because then Ant gets around and he starts to do that thing where the defender's on his hip and you kind of snake and try to figure out. And it's like there is a split second there where the lob is there, but he hasn't found that split second yet. Yep. So then that's when he's kicking it to the corner. Um, I mean, yeah, the the lob to Rudy, if you go watch it back, was really very much Kirk Cousins just kind of being like, bleep it, Justin Jefferson's down there somewhere, just yeah. kind of throws it over his head. But there's still, that was nice because it was, what did you say? He's only assisted Rudy 22 times last season. Yeah, I think he had 21 assists to Rudy Gobert last year, which is so we're already at one. Low number. Right, so we're, we're, <laughs> we're giving him that one. We're giving him the um, preseason but, one. Yeah. But I mean, I do think that if they... Again, I, I probably come off just as so bullish and optimistic and stuff, but it, it is kind of cool to start to point out some of these moments where it's like, they don't do that, though. Like, they never do that, right? So that's another area of opportunity mm-hmm. where if there ever becomes, I think John Krasinski kind of <laughs> tweeted out in fun, like, if that ever becomes normal or routine, mm-hmm. I mean, even if you hate the team, like, how are you not like, oh, it's over? Like, if Ant just knows the precise time like Kyle does, Kyle's so, and Mike, too, is so smart about finding that, one second and the right foot to throw the ball off so that Rudy can go catch it and just dunk it. I don't really know how you then put a ceiling on what Anthony Edwards can do. Yeah, but we, we got to acknowledge that Ant is a mile away from that. No, I do. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I just want to, I just want to, it could I, be I three years from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, that's why the, the, it becomes a, so much more of a, spe- that, then it becomes a special pairing, Rudy and Ant, if Ant can find that out or figure that out. He did it once in that game. A couple possessions before that, he threw a lob to Rudy that just went. It was right like a t-shirt cannon. Out of bounds, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. So it that lob to him does not signal they have it figured out. That lob to him signals that they are growing. I, I, and I and he made that lob from the three point line. I would love to see that lob from like fifteen feet, right where he starts <laughs> to snake his way through when he sure. he has the defender on his hip. I just. You're, you're seeing it. And again, it might be 82 games where we're all kind of still seeing it. Mm-hmm. But it was a real first time we are like, oh, it clicked for him. And it's cool to boil it way back to what you were saying. You watched all this Georgia film event. The cool thing for this fan base and the team, I'm sure, and the organization stuff, is that we literally watched this kid come from what was just a ball of clay. And now you're starting to see every little detail of his game because we all watch every game. And you're starting to just, again, this is not something, he doesn't even think about that pass a year ago. And the fact that he thought about it, yeah, he might still have a mile to go, as you mm-hmm. said, but it's just another slight bit of like, man, if he figures that out, it's I It's a little know. bit of a read there. Like, I think what Ant read on that play is the big is up. There's putting two on the ball on him. But also the low man, the guy who's rotating underneath the basket, was a guard I want to say maybe like Javon Carter. Or I, I don't know if it, it was a, it was a small player. So I'm not saying Ant for sure read all of this, but that is the read, right? Two on the ball, and there's not size at the rim. I can just put it up to Rudy. That that's what played out um, in that play. And if Ant saw that, that's like a multi-step progression. And 
the reality of what it's going to look like a lot, I think, when Aunt and Rudy do run pick and roll is particularly if it was like if Tory Craig was on Rudy on that play, you know, like that big's going to come up and it's going to show on Ant. They're going to put two on the ball on him all the time. And if there isn't help at the rim or if it's just a little small guy, throw that shit up, man. Like that's even if some of those like don't go um, that a lot of the time, or even if it's a kind of bad pass, that's like a Rudy could catch it, land and dunk because there's a six foot two guy next to him. Like that's, that's fine. Uh, I, it, I, I love the read. Let's, let's see it consistently. This is a, uh, this is, this agenda now is part of my scattered brain, but we really shouldn't talk about last night's game. Again, I, I thought Troy Brown looked good. Obviously a couple ant highlights. Nas Reed just continues to be really good mm-hmm. at basketball and will be one of the five most intriguing players to watch this season. But you can't really talk about that game without probably bringing Jace back on the show. And just, if Jordan McLaughlin's going to attack and make open shots, again, it it might just be over. Because that is like, his shot doesn't mean, you tell me again, you are truly my guy on the Savant. You're like, does his shot look different? Or does it just look more confident? It looks like as soon as he catches it, he's like, I'm just letting this thing fly. And that might I, be I think it was so unconfident or lacked so much confidence at the end of last season. So you juxtapose those two things against each other, right? We didn't J Mac miss like four threes in the second half of that Lakers game mm-hmm. in the play in, right? If we if we ran those four three point attempts in that Lakers game versus didn't he like make four threes last night? He had uh, he had three threes last night, which everyone remembers, but his fourth made basket was the most impressive to me. So when he got it at the end of a quarter, yeah. went downhill, I think and 99 times out of 100, I've watched that man play basketball enough where he's going to sprint down court and get someone else open. I think he had a shooter in the corner, but he did it himself, weave through a little floater. Yeah. That to me was like someone literally, Sam Caselling their onions back. Like, I'm, I'm kind of back. Like my calf is good. I have my mojo. <laughs> and if he, I mean, we, because we have, right, for all summer we've talked about you know, Minnesota Mike having a full training camp and Nikhil's growth and will Kyle play the backup point guard? I don't know, man, if Jordan McLaughlin is back to being good. I mean, Jace was on this so early. He's just a winning basketball player when he's good, when he's right. Mm-hmm. And that's just another, like, I mean, Jordan McLaughlin in my projections was not, was going to be DNP every night. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe he still will be. But if that's another option you have off the bench, I mean, I just, you start to see how rich this team could be at mm-hmm. full strength. But I thought his play last night deserves all the credit in the world because he looked like a different player, fully healthy, fully confident. And that's a big thing for this team. I, I was talking to somebody about Jordan McLaughlin uh, a couple weeks ago and you know, that it's the preseason. So it's like muscle watch, it's skinny watch, it's whatever. And, and on this team, it's kind of been uh Luca Garza, obviously like major body transformation. Everybody's seen that. That's yeah. See, Go- Gobzilla. <laughs> Um, but what, what I heard is, and maybe you just don't see this as much on like a five foot 10 guy, but a pretty massive, like body composition change from J Mac. Mm. Um, it, again, in terms of like body fat percentage and the way he worked out in eight or whatever this summer. So I think, I mean, the main thing with J Mac was terrible last season when he was hurt, um, or on and off hurt. And the years before that, he was a good backup point guard who, like led the team in net rating every single season. Um, if you have a healthy J Mac and maybe even a little bit more healthy J Mac, then yeah, um, he becomes in the com in the rotation conversation. I think we know who the top nine are, and J Mac's not part of that. Um, but I think I said yesterday with Britt, 
Uh, if I was doing the pecking order, J-Mac is 10, one spot ahead of Troy Brown and one spot uh, below Shake Milton in, in the pecking order. And that's a actually, for as you would say, the deepest team ever. Like, that's pretty, that's pretty high praise. Yeah, I mean, again, I thought it was a, another impressive game. It was nice that they just got to sit kind of their meaningful guys towards the end. Still mm -hmm. haven't seen Jaden, but he was on the bench. I think you also can't talk about that game without at least acknowledging, and your boots on the ground for us fans, um, no Carl, no Jaden. Mike was out with an illness, but my thought would be that they probably wouldn't even have brought them on the flight to a quick trip to Chicago if Carl or Jaden was that hurt. Again, that's just complete gut, but I don't know. I would imagine you'll see a full complement of starters and rotation players on Wednesday when this thing tips off for real, but I got to at least defer to you because you're the guy that goes to practice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would, I would anticipate that Carl plays for sure. I mean, of these three guys who didn't play, like I would anticipate Carl plays for sure. I, I or at least I haven't heard anything that that's at all uh, serious. Mike is sick. Uh, he wasn't at the yeah, Maccabi game um, on Tuesday. So, you know, the only way that I think he would miss that the the season opener is this is some like terrible illness. But you know, with the wolves, you never know. Like, say, I don't been, know, man. There's been a few of those that uh that Josh Kogi is still cramping, I think, as yeah. we speak. <laughs> uh and then Jaden, man, I'm just done with this. Like it's um because it's it's a it's a bizarre situation to get any information on because uh there are multiple things going on here, right? Mm -hmm. Like I do not think they are making up a cap injury, um, but I also think we are brushing over the fact that Jaden uh, McDaniels has an extension deadline in three days, and his reported timetable happened to be exactly to return on the date of his extension. I mean, come on, people. Like, what are we doing here? It's not... That's a factor. And if it's not a factor, it's the greatest. It's a big coincidence. Um, it wouldn't, it, it's not out of the question that maybe there's some factor going on here where they're negotiating. Um, and I, 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 I just, that's why I say when I'm done with it is I think this is the stuff that I do not like about um, covering a team um, the elusiveness and, and all that. So uh, I just want it to be, I want it to be done. Um, whether that be a resolution on a contract extension or a amiable path to move forward into restricted free agency next season. But um, it's important to know if one of the most foundational pieces of the future of your franchise um, is, is hurt. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that I, I'm done with it. I uh, well, again, I think you understand why I ask, right? Because it's it's probably as we've basically just gone weeks now of positivity. I think there are things to monitor, and he would be one of them because you you yeah. can't have this ship sail as smoothly as we all are projecting. But there's way too many people that are on the over, right? People that are historically like never bet the over, um, and then. Also, in that same breath, like not know if one of your foundational pieces, your best defender is going to be out there or not. So mm -hmm. it's just not to not to spiral this, but I don't know. I'm going to bring it up now. But like, it's just another reason why what Jace is doing with Mike Conley in the Conley corner is so cool. Um, 
not to tangent, but like the WNBA finals were this week. And there's that whole story about how after the Liberty loss, they like didn't have any, basically no players, including Sabrina, like the face of the league had didn't do media. Um, and that's a loaded topic for a lot of people. I know a lot of people don't work in sports media and I've seen some people be like, oh, you know, whatever, they don't need you, blah, blah, blah. It's like, actually, you know, it's important to have transparency in all these things. Um, and there's not a lot of transparency with the Jaden stuff. And maybe he's just hurt, but there is, as you say, another domino here that is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And if that domino doesn't just fall as nicely and as quietly as we would assume at some point, it starts to poke holes in all this other stuff we're trying to project forward and build and all these good vibes. So, uh, I mean, we just had last season it, two other really good players dealing with injury and or illness at this time uh, of the season. And eventually before the season, or like in the week leading up to the season, we were given clarity on mm-hmm. what Carl's illness was. Um, we were given clarity about how and where Rudy was feeling the effects of playing Eurobasket. It, w- it wasn't 100% in training camp. Um, the the Jaden piece has has been elusive and just, you know, watching Chris Finch answer about it, they're, they're very short answers, which to me typically signals there's, there's more things going on. Um, and I'm just hopeful that there aren't. And but we don't know. Uh, we don't know one way or the other. Well, speaking of the injury report, well, I don't know. I should say. You got anything else to say? One more person on the injury report. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a quick shout out. I did this the other day at Flagrant Howls, but this stuff is important to me. Um, shout out to our guy, Jim Peterson. Yeah, man. Um, came out earlier this week that he had been battling with some prostate cancer. I think he's gotten it all over his body. I was texting him this morning. Uh, I think the plan is, we hope his recovery is going well, that he's going to be there for that first game. Uh, I thought Grady and Kevin Lynch held it down last night, but it's obviously the best duo needs both members of that team. So uh, hopefully we'll get Grady and Jim next Wednesday when this thing tips off in Toronto. But it's always important to me when uh, someone that's in my friendship circle or that I care about gets can- or has cancer, goes through cancer. Marnie Gellner, the same earlier. But uh, just a reminder to those listening, I'll stop doing this once the season starts. But, you know, get checked, fellas, get checked. Ladies, get checked. Um, you're, you know, we're all, all the listeners, all the people that support us are, are really important people. And your health is utmost important, way more than this team or this pod. So take care of yourself. Take care of your friends. Urge them to get out there and be seen and have routine medical examinations and stuff. But yeah, shout out to Jim. I know he's coming back better than ever. He's really excited to, mm-hmm. to talk basketball. I think it's been killing him that he hasn't been able to be on the mic. So uh, just want to give a quick shout out to him as well. One of the best people I have not only come around in sports media, but just uh, in my life. And personally, I mean, you know this, Kyle. I mean, think, I think for both of us um, who like to talk about the basketball of mm-hmm. basketball mm-hmm. Um, and to people who have been listening to Jim for 25 years, um, Jim, for me, I will say, helped, one, helped me learn about basketball. Um, but I think more importantly, showed me that uh, this is something that should be in basketball media is that it doesn't all need to be just reporting and details and stats and all that. Like we can talk about hoops um, and we can learn hoops and uh, Jim informs tens of thousands of people a, a year just by listening to him call games and do it on the spot, man. Like, that is so hard sitting live at a game to like 
see that all. I mean, that is why his basketball brain is like a hundred levels uh, beyond beyond the rest of us. Like the the things he picks up on the spot and comes back, and it's window concepts time, and he's like got it on the board by the time the breaks back. I would need to watch that play like five different times to be able to see how all the the different plays uh, are working. But love Jim, uh, love his work, and uh, I'm excited to have him back in our lives uh, consistently on the mic and just. Uh, around the facility so yeah thank you for thank you for bringing that up uh i'm hungry it's 12 40 on the west coast i'm gonna go have lunch but uh let's wrap last, last but not least maybe wednesday yeah maybe. okay so i think the plan <laughs> was, we were trying to we were trying to pull a live event together it didn't really work for my schedule but uh i think we might mess around so the next time you and i talk the mm -hmm. season will have started the wolves are in toronto on wednesday against the raptors I don't have the time in front of me, but is, is Toronto it's East Coast game? Okay. Um, the plan would be if you subscribe to this podcast, especially on YouTube, the uh, Dane and I are just going to go live after the game. Dane's not mm -hmm. going to this one. He's going to go to a lot of road games or have a presence on the road this year again. But uh, I think Dane and I are going to fire up the stream yard, fire up the YouTube and just do a live pod. I'll uh, mm -hmm. take some questions, uh, try to figure out all that. Again, we are not old, but we are not young. So we will have to have our, our tech team figure this one out for us. But uh, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be cool that after the first game when the vibes are high, regardless of what happens, this should be a good season yeah. um, to, do a, to do a live version of it. So my wife's gone next week, so I can stay up as late as you want and drink as much as you need. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a, it's a throwback to the post-game pods I used to do. For, <laughs> oh, God. Which it gives me a oh, little God. bit of PTSD. But uh, no, I, I'm just I'm excited for the season to go, man. Like, just watching... Watching that Bulls game last night, you know, like I didn't go to that game. I was just sitting here in my office and I'm like, man, I just wish this was, I just wish this was a real game. And mm -hmm. we like that me and Kyle tomorrow morning would be waking up and we would be doing uh, a podcast on real information from, from that game. So I'm pumped for Wednesday and cool. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll try, we'll try something live uh, right away uh, after that. We did about 40 minutes of prize picks, so we'll skip our NFL prize picks this week. But um, uh, again, if you if you do want to uh, play these season long uh, prize picks for for the Wolves season long stance, or obviously all all the teams have them, uh, that's PrizePicks.com uh, or the the Prize Picks app, and and get on there for uh, NFL Sunday as well. Kyle, we'll we'll keep our competition going. Yes, sir. Be between the two of us, via text or something. Uh, he's. Uh, He's Kyle Tagge. Kyle, I uh, appreciate you coming on here. You can listen to him and Phil Mackey over at Score North on, on Flagrant Howls uh, for some more Wolves content, uh, I think. Yeah, next episode, a couple days off here. Um, we'll be with uh, with Chris Hine on, on Monday morning, and then we'll have a game. on. I think me and Jace will go on Tuesday um, to have a little bit of time before the Wednesday game. So we'll have a couple more episodes uh, before the season starts, but obviously, if you're just dipping back in right now, there is a log of I don't know twenty some odd uh, episodes we've done over the course of the past month. So uh, lock back in on the wolves because I think this is going to be a fun season, and it's always an interesting season. So again, he's Kyle Taggy uh, at Kyle Taggy. I'm Dane at Dane Moore NBA. Uh, until next time. So. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah Don't let standards